As AI continues to revolutionize our world, there's a critical conversation we can't ignore. AI safety and security. And that's where HackerOne's AI red teaming comes into play, rigorously testing AI models to prevent them from being misled or exploited. HackerOne employs over 2 million ethical hackers, and 750 of them specialize in prompt hacking and other AI security and testing. So HackerOne isn't just theorizing, they're actively safeguarding AI's future. Just recently, a team unearthed over 100 vulnerabilities in just two weeks. So whether you're at the helm of a startup or steering product innovation at a large company, it's time to prioritize AI security. Visit HackerOne.com slash AI for more. Again, HackerOne.com slash AI. This episode is brought to you by Gigantic. At Gigantic, you can level up your product skills through live small group cohort-based trainings. We're incredibly excited to welcome you to our next cohort of our product strategy training kicking off in January of 2024. This course will take you through the frameworks that product leaders use at companies like eBay, DoorDash, Groupon, Rent the Runway in order to scale their teams. It's taught by Ben Foster, a friend of this podcast, who is the former chief product officer at Whoop. So come join us. Go to gigantic.is. That's gigantic.is. And save your seat for our January cohort. Your potential is gigantic, and we're here to help you reach it. Go to gigantic.is to reserve your seat today. Welcome to the Rocket Ship Podcast. I'm Joelle Steiniger. I'm Michael Saka. And I'm Matt Goldman. Today we talked with Matan Grafell. He's the founder of One Month. He actually got his start doing a course on Skillshare called One Month Rails that did really well. Since then, he went into Y Combinator and went on to, um, you know, found this company that did one month courses and other topics besides Rails. What'd you guys like in this one? I couldn't believe that he they were still making 30 grand a month from the original Rails course. I think that's just a testament to how powerful uh, that idea was. I love what a strong focus he puts on customer acquisition because that's something so many people struggle with. Um, and he's really been able to help a lot of people with that particular topic. So we dig into a lot of that in the episode too. All right, well, let's get started. We'd like to take a moment to thank our awesome sponsors. CodeShip makes continuous delivery simple and easy. Go to CodeShip.com slash RocketShip to get 20% off three months. Customer.io is a modern email platform built for startups. Go to Customer.io slash RocketShip to start sending emails that convert. We'd also like to thank InVision app. InVision is by far the best prototyping and collaboration tool on the market. I can personally say I can't imagine delivering another design comp without it. It made collaborating with our entire team incredibly easy, and the annotation tool alone saved us hours of back and forth. Go to envisionapp.com forward slash rocket ship and sign up to get their starter plan free for 90 days. Uh, so the idea behind one month started when I was trying to learn how to code online, and, uh, and it was a frustrating experience, and none of the resources were really built for like showing me how to actually create something in a short amount of time. So I put together this prototype of this one-month class showing people how to build Pinterest from scratch in a month, like if they had never coded before. Kind of like 
you know, how I would want to have learned it if I could do it over. And, uh, and it was, it, it was like incredibly successful. And, uh, and since then we've expanded into like growth hacking classes and we're about to release an iOS class. We have five classes all in all now. And there's, uh, there's six of us here in New York city now. Very cool. And you just finished up uh, YC? We did. Well, we did Y Combinator in 2013. Okay. Very cool. Um, so to jump into it, the main reason I wanted to get you on the podcast and talk to you is because mm-hmm. I get a lot of emails from our listeners about the things that they struggle the most with, things they want to learn about. And by far, the biggest thing I hear is customer acquisition mm-hmm. um, and activation. Mm-hmm. Um, and you've talked a lot about that. You've written about it. So I wanted to really dig into that today so we can learn how to really optimize our funnel and pick up on some of the things that um, maybe we're not doing quite right. Sure. Absolutely. Yeah. I used to, um, actually, I used to run a growth hacking agency before this. So I've helped out a lot of startups and seen a lot of different situations. Very cool. So I guess my first question really for you is what's the biggest mistake you see people making when they're trying to get started? I mean, so uh, it's kind of like a big category of mistakes, but a lot of people don't really ask questions as to like what's currently going on. And I think that often means like not really having any sense of, of, uh, of who's currently coming to their website, where they're coming from, you know, not knowing how to track different acquisition sources. Um, so that maybe they have like Google Analytics set up and they're just seeing, you know, absolute daily traffic like every week. And, and so they're just trying to like increase that number. Um, but in reality, a lot of the work comes not from like just getting more people to hear about you, but from figuring out where's the, where's like the right audience for you to target of people who are going to be, you know, valuable users because, at the end of the day, like getting a post in TechCrunch might be great because you'll get like a few, you know, 10,000 people coming to your website maybe, but that might not be, you know, the people that you need. That might not be people who are willing to pay for your product or who are going to be like engaged right. users. We've seen that a lot too mm-hmm. um, with certain blog posts that get way more reads than others, but it's just the wrong audience. Yeah, exactly right. And so like knowing how to ask the right questions and in a lot of cases I, I have to ask people like, uh, you know, do you really need more traffic to your website or would like improving your conversion rate a little bit actually get you twice as many paying users at the end of the day? So what kind of questions do you expect them to be able to answer from those analytics? Uh, oh, to, well, if they're doing it right, and I think there's a lot of work that goes into doing it right. So I, w- I wouldn't expect startups to have like everything set up from the beginning, but just to, you know, start to get in the direction of tracking the right stuff. I mean, we're talking like, uh, you should be able to answer questions like, should I be, should I be focusing on blogs or PR? Because if you, you know, if you're, if you're doing like proper tracking of links and attribution of where people are coming from, then you'll know like how many people are coming from blogs versus, you know, PR that you're doing and, and how are they converting once they get to your website? starting to break it out that way. Um, you should be able to measure, yeah, which, which are the valuable traffic sources all the way down to ideally how they're actually behaving in your product and, and whether they end up being engaged down the line. Um, usually when we worked with companies in the growth hacking agency, the first project we would do would be like an, an analysis of where their product is currently at and what they currently know how to track. Um, 
you can usually you can identify spots that are going to be quick to improve. Like if you see someone has a conversion rate of, you know, like uh, 0.5% and they're an e-commerce product, then you could probably improve that by like quite a lot. Um, or if it's a free product, like a, signing up for a social network and it's only like 5%, you could probably get that up quite a bit also. Um, for a lot of people didn't have that in place. And so we'd actually have to like put a little bit of, a, of time into making sure that they were tracking stuff and doing it properly. So say you identify that there's an um, activation problem, sure. that they're getting plenty of traffic or enough, and just, the numbers just aren't converting. Sure. Um, what are some of the things you look for or exercises you might go through? I know it's different for every product, but like, how do you really start to fix that problem before you dump more people in the top of the funnel? <laughs> um, so activation problems are actually, like if it's a big problem, it might be indicative of product market fit right? And like not having found that, you know, if, if you really are having trouble getting people to sign up, it might just be because you haven't actually figured out like what the product is that people want. Um, but if it's, if it's the kind of thing where like people are signing up and, and they're just not as many as, as like you'd like, then there's, there's often a lot of, uh, like landing page optimization. That's pretty easy to do. Um, uh, I think about, for example, you have this whole activation process where you're like getting people to sign up for a thing and you're asking them for information and you're asking them to do something for you. If you can split that up into multiple stages and like uh, and and more less like uh, difficult stages for people to fill out, like uh, that's usually good. So an example of this would be if you have a product that people you're expecting people to pay right up front, if you can figure out how to get them on to a free trial first and then ask them to pay later, uh, then you can have like a higher conversion rate to the free trial and you can focus just on optimizing that uh, by doing stuff like headline testing or, or just by like, you know, putting it on the right, the right part of the page. Um, or even, you know, in a lot of cases, if, if it's a product that's like really expensive or that takes a, a, you know, a lot of thought, then just trying to get people to sign up for a mailing list initially is, is a really good bet. A lot of startups I've found totally underutilize email. And so to get them to start thinking about email as like even like an acquisition channel or like, you know, getting people onto an email in order to get them to activate uh, can usually be a pretty big win. And how do you see people, I mean, is it something that you see across the board for breaking it up into a two-step signup? Like, say, bumping out the credit card until later on and asking them to convert after they go through the trial. I see how that splits it up into smaller pieces so you can track mm -hmm. better each stage. Mm -hmm. But does that does doing that also affect the conversion rate? I mean, almost almost always across the board, it's a good idea. It's It, it mostly ends up being a question of whether you have the resources to like do that kind of thing right now. Uh, it's a lot to ask for, but then there's still a lot of nuances to that that you have to end up testing for your product. Like, um, you know, if you look at all the websites of like the biggest SaaS products out there, they all have some sort of free trial, right? Kiss metrics, like Optimizely, all these guys are testing all the time, right? So you know that 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 ended up winning out for them. But it's a question of is it a is it a 30 day free trial? Is it a 14 day free trial? Is it a one day free trial? Do you ask them for their credit card information up front anyway, or do you ask them for that later? Um, and those are the more complicated questions that, honestly, I think probably there's an answer to. There's like a best practice for, but uh, but 
it, it hasn't really been studied like scientifically enough for me to be able to say, you know, you should always ask for a credit card upfront in a free trial. I just think there's not enough data out there that people are willing to share. Okay, so let's say your activation conversion rates are pretty good mm-hmm. and everything uh, lower down in your funnel is moving, moving pretty smoothly, but mm-hmm. you have an acquisition problem. Mm-hmm. What are some of the channels that you see being um, pretty good for getting people that don't take as much time? Like we do a lot of blogging and content marketing and things like that are really time consuming. Yeah. They're kind of long plays. Yeah. If you don't have a lot of money up front, um, you're not going to dump it into advertising. Sure. So what are some other things you can do to grow the top of your funnel? Um, so if you have a product where you're making money pretty early on, then I would I would still pretty seriously consider advertising. But uh, like the low-hanging fruit of that, like the easy ones are retargeting. And, um, and a lot of startups have success with podcast advertising, strangely enough. Um, so, you know, in our case, for example, like retargeting means someone comes to a course page and it somehow indicates that they're interested. We can send them a message on Facebook or like I put an ad on Facebook that's a, that gives them a discount if they come back and they buy it later, you know, $10 off or something. For something like that, we're only paying, you know, $25 for someone who's going to be giving us $100 like almost immediately. And so it's like hugely profitable. Whereas with Facebook advertising or with just like straight Google AdWords advertising, you're, you're going to initially have a hard time paying less than the actual value of your users until you optimize. Uh, so that's more time intensive. Retargeting is almost always like profitable upfront. Uh, podcast advertising can be. It's also a good way to figure out who your ideal audience is. Um, and the upfront bias for that is pretty low. You can do like a podcast ad for like $500 for an ad. Um, and reach a lot of people. Uh, the other ones, it's a good question, right? Because if you don't have money to spend, then it's not that there's any really easy f- and free options out there because um, usually you're trading off time versus money. So in the case of SEO, it's like great and it's free, obviously, but it, there's a lot of sort of work, labor costs that goes into creating all these articles. And for most people... You know, they're not really good at creating content, so I wouldn't recommend like blogs for most startups. Um, I think in that case, yeah, your current user base is going to be your, your best like growth channel. So if you can figure out how to incentivize people to share your product or to just remind them at the right point to share your product, uh, then that can drive like pretty good sustainable growth for you. So you're doing these one-month uh, training courses yep. on how to learn how to code uh, HTML, CSS, etc. Mm-hmm. If you were going to design a one-month course on growth, <laughs> what might that look like? We have a one-month course on growth, actually. Uh, we just released it this month, and awesome. uh, we brought in 60 students, and it sold out almost immediately. So we're, pr- we're wow. definitely going to be running one again soon, probably in like a month or so. Uh, so what does that look like? Well, it goes through the sort of the five stages of growth for a product, or like the five phases from acquisition to activation to retention to referral. And, uh, and it goes through those stages while actually building like a real hands-on product um, in the form of like starting out by building a landing page for a product by using, by driving traffic to that landing page and testing that landing page in order to test like different headlines and different value propositions, uh, you know, testing out 
getting people onto an email list and then starting to do email marketing and drip marketing to test out like the retention stage of it. How do you keep people engaged over time? And then at the end of that, there's, there's like the referral part where you asking people to share something with their friend and incentivizing them. And then at the end of the day, asking them to pay you money for something. So we actually have all the students go through all of these stages and teach them about the right theory along the way for like, you know, what, what's just good landing page best practices or what button copy is going to work? How should it be set up? Uh, so that they actually end up leaving the course with like a mailing list of, you know, hundreds of people on it that they can then sell a product to. So do you see that five-step process changing, whether it's for a B2C or a B2B product? I actually don't. And I think, you know, I think people need to get creative about like how they apply it because, uh, the, the successful B2B companies over the last few years have been the ones that are starting to behave and look more like B2C companies. Like the ones where they have, um, you know, where they're really focusing on their blogs, you know, generating content. The ones where they're uh, getting people onto mailing lists in order to actually sell them on something later on. You know, examples of this are like HubSpot or Unbounce or um, TweetDeck. Like all these companies really behave like B2B companies. They're, they're not the kind of companies where you go to the homepage and it's just like, here's information about our product, let our sales team call you, that kind of thing. Like they're almost entirely focused on inbound marketing rather than outbound marketing because that's what gives them the leg up over you know, the other huge guys that are doing this in, in like a very old school way. Um, and then they're using analytics too within the tool in order to figure out stuff like, you know, can we identify what factors lead to churn in our in our like in our clients and and like have the lowest churn rate and that's like at the end of the day that's how you win out over you know a competitive field um there's also you know the hub hubspot had like the website grader right where you can just put in your website and and uh and sort of anyone can do that at a product and and it like mm-hmm. then you know brings you in as a lead so right we've seen a lot of interesting um uh, free tools like that exactly yeah what are some of the essential tools that you um, you tell your students to set up when they're when they're doing this one month growth hacking? Um, so one tool that I've been really into lately, and and like I have no sort of interest, like they're not paying me to, to recommend them. Uh, besides that, they're a YC company, so I kind of like to give them love for that. Is called Segment.io, um, Segment.io, and. This you'll realize this is useful when you start like adding all these tools to your product and you realize you're like adding the same line of code for every single tool that you like add on and it, you keep annoying the engineers every time you ask them to add a new thing. So with Segment.io, you just put in like the JavaScript code once and then on their back end, you can connect it to all of the tools that you're using on like a day-to-day basis, like, you know, Facebook ads or MailChimp or Zendesk or Qualaroo or Optimizely, uh, and you can just sort of turn them on and off without having to actually put new code into your site. The other cool thing about it is their backend shows you like everything that's available, so it's almost like a menu where you can go down and you can like explore the most popular marketing tools, check out their websites, and, and kind of like decide which ones you actually want to go with. Um, but besides Segment.io. We, we do some sort of landing page builder. So like I found Unbounce to be a good one. Um, you know, as a marketer, it helps if you can build a page and like 
drive people to it sort of on your own without having to get engineers or developers to do this for you. And so having like a drag and drop editor like Unbounce is very useful. And then you can, you know, if you get good results, like you could always build an alternative to your current landing page, send people to it, and then show, you know, the CEO of your company that you're getting twice the conversion rate and that like your company is really missing out by not using it. That's going to like definitely raise, raise eyebrows. Um, there's, if you already have a landing page and you want to just test that, then Optimizely is a really good option for A-B testing. Um, and then for email stuff, you know, we use MailChimp because it's kind of like a standard, but you know, there's a few other ones for like transactional email or, or, uh, or you know, different other kinds of emails as well. Um, we use, I also recommend AdRoll for retargeting, so that's a pretty good one. Yeah, we use Segment.io and it's awesome. Yeah. Because we've been kind of flip-flopping between different analytics tools recently yep. and it's so great to just turn one off and turn one on. Yep. And everything just works. Totally. Exactly. And their pricing is genius. <laughs> yeah. They, if you haven't seen it, they tie it into what tools you want to use through it. So yep. they know that if you're using Infusionsoft that you're paying them probably hundreds or thousands a month. So you're going to pay more for that integration. Yeah. It's, but it's, everything's totally reasonable the way that they, they have it. They totally got us on that. And we're like, yeah, you're right. We're paying these tools lots of money. So, you know, we probably should pay you that kind of money. Yeah. Or if you're, if you're paying for ad roll or perfect audience, then you can probably afford advertising, so you shouldn't be on the 10 or $20 a month plan. <laughs> yeah, they're definitely very clever about that. Nice. So where can we keep up with you online? Uh, so if you go to matangrafel.com, there's all the information like about me. I post slides of like various talks that I give like for free online. Um, check out the one-month classes like if you want to sign up for the growth hacking class you can you can put your email in there and at, get onto the waiting list and find out when we are running in the next class uh and you can follow me on twitter at very cool Profile. great thanks so much for coming on yep yeah thanks for listening to this episode of the rocket ship podcast if you enjoyed it we have tons of other awesome episodes on our website check them out rocketship.fm and while you're there, make sure you sign up for our newsletter, where twice monthly we send out actionable advice for entrepreneurs and exclusive links to AMAs with our guests. That's rocketship.fm. Sign up today.